welcome to New Life. My mic might not be open. Oh, yeah. Like last week. <laughs> <laughs> Is it on now? Not, well, not, look at I'm that. I'm not the only one who does that. Thank heavens. <laughs> My, uh, Microphone etiquette uh, used to be better, where I would always turn it on. Apparently, I've forgotten in the cold weather. <laughs> Once again, welcome to New Life. My name is Pastor Drew, and we're so pleased to see you here um, on Christ the King Sunday. It is the last Sunday of ordinary time before we enter into our season of Advent. That's why we have the white on. Um, and it's interesting that we celebrate Christ the King Sunday to remind us that Jesus is king of our lives. But we do that once a year also to remind us that every day Jesus is king of our lives. And when you have a king, that means you follow that king. That means you listen to that king, and that means you serve that king. And um, it's, a, it's a process that we are learning every single day. But I want to open up by uh, letting you know some of the announcements that we have coming up in the life of our community. Uh, the first one that's not going to be on the screen is the hanging of the greens happens today after the second service. And so if you would like to come on back and help us beautify this space and the rest of our campus to get prepared for the Advent season and for the Christmas season to look beautiful for guests and family and friends to come in, we invite you to come on back for lunch together as well as a time of a few hours of just decorating. And so there's jobs for everybody. There's jobs for people who like to sit down. There's jobs for people who like to climb ladders. There's jobs for everyone in between as well. Um, I, I'm sure there's even a job for someone who wants to watch my kids um, so that they're not just running unsupervised. And so, um, but we'd really appreciate if you could come on back and help us with that this afternoon. The first announcement that I want to let you know that's on the screen, it's also our giving tree. Um, it's coming to a close. Uh, all the gifts are due back on December 4th. And so if you had a chance to grab one of the ornaments and go shopping for that uh, child, please bring that back in the next couple weeks. Or if you haven't had a chance to grab one yet, um, we've, we have our team constantly putting out new ornaments to bless even more families. And so go ahead and swing by that tree in the atrium, grab an ornament off the, the tree and bring it back by December 4th. Um, you can leave the, uh, the gift unwrapped because that's one of the ways that our youth group serves as well is by wrapping all the gifts together and praying over them before they're sent out to those families. The next announcement I want to let you know is that this is time to order your poinsettias for Christmas. And so those orders are due in by Sunday, December 11th. You can order one poinsettia. You can order many poinsettias. And we're going to beautify our space for the Christmas Eve services here. And then after the Christmas Eve service, you're invited to take it home with you to beautify your home as well. Um, and then the last announcement we want to let you know is that on Saturday, December 10th, we're having our annual Christmas concert. Our guest artist coming in is a young gal by the name of Riley Clemens. Um, and this is her first Christmas tour, and we are one of her stops, and so that will be on Saturday, December 10th at 6 p.m. We really encourage you to tell your friends, to tell your neighbors about it, um, to get your family and uh, young kids as well as old to come for a night of classic Christmas songs as well as some of the new ones that Riley has written with her team. Um, and so, and also a word of warning, 
Um, be prepared for things to look a little bit different in here. We will need to be rearranging some of the chairs to accommodate more people because this concert is one of the best ways that our church can bless the Sauk Valley by inviting everyone from the community to come here. And so we're gonna be rearranging some of the chairs to be able to fit um, as many people as we can. And so don't be surprised if the next day on Sunday, the 11th, you come in and things are still changed from the, the concert. Um, uh, we encourage you to be uh, kind and courteous in rolling with those changes. Um, but we really encourage you also to buy those tickets. The, the link for the tickets um, is on our website. Um, also, we, we're putting it out on Facebook as well that you can buy those tickets. Um, and those are all the announcements that we have for you in the life of our community. The other things can be found in your bulletin as well as on our website um, anytime throughout the week. But now we come to our time of confession. This is the time that we start our time of worship by reminding each other and being reminded ourselves of our need for Jesus, as well as being reminded of the grace and forgiveness that is already ours. And so let us begin in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us take a moment for silent personal confession. Most merciful God, we confess that we are in bondage to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your holy name, amen. In the mercy of almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for you. And for his sake, God forgives you all your sins. To those who believe in Jesus Christ, he gives the power to become the children of God and bestows on them the Holy Spirit, amen. And now I invite you to stand together as we sing our opening hymn.
you that you are offering the prayer at the beginning of this service, a small, short three-word but powerful prayer, Lord have mercy, and you're the ones addressing that to God. That's the focus of what we're doing. And now, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy for this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Amen. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Worthy is Christ the Lamb who was slain, whose blood set us free. Oh, God. 
welcome. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, whose will it is to restore all things to your beloved Son, whom you anointed priest forever and king of all creation, grant that all the people of the earth, now divided by the power of sin, may be united under the glorious and gentle rule of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Oh, <laughs> thanks, God. They're motioning to me what I'm supposed to do, something different. The peace of the Lord be with you. Now get up and greet one another. Oh. We change things on me all the time. I know. I'm never ready. Okay, I'll get on. I'll, I'll learn this. It's only been 50 years. Good morning. Good morning, Cheryl. Good. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. Peace, Mark. going to continue our time of worship by sharing the words of the Apostles' Creed, and this is a way that we remind ourselves again that we might have come in from different places this morning, and we might have different things on our hearts and in our heads this morning, but God is the one that brings us together and makes us one, and not only one in this room, but one with his whole church throughout the globe and all time, and so we share together what we believe. So I ask you, what do we believe, church? I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again and ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. I want to invite you to open up your Bibles to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 9. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 9, which I believe is on page 53 in the New Testament. And as you are finding the Gospel of Luke, chapter 9, um, many of you know this, I've spent the last 15 years living in Southern California. And one of the little-known facts about Southern California is that it is actually a desert. When you see the postcards or you see the photos shared on social media, all you see are the 
beautiful palm trees and the white sandy beaches and the Hollywood sign. But what you don't see is the water shortages or the laws that go into effect limiting when people can water their lawn. My neighborhood was Tuesdays and Thursdays on the first and third months of the, or weeks of the month. You don't see the laws that go into effect telling farmers how much irrigation they can use to grow almonds or avocados. So when I got here to Illinois, what, one of the things that surprised me the most was that there's no water utility bill for the house that we were staying in. Because at our house in California, water was one of the utilities that I paid for every single month, along with electricity and gas and trash. But here, the house where we are staying has a well. No need to pay the city for, to send you water because we've got a whole reservoir of water sitting below your feet. More water than you can know what to do with. And all of a sudden, I felt something change in my heart. Wait, you mean that I can take that extra long warm shower now? Wait, we can put the laundry on the extra rinse cycle? We could, we could uh, view water not as a scarce resource anymore because we were sitting on an abundance of water. But you know, it, it also made me grateful for the invention of the well pump because without the pump, all that water would just be sitting there in a big old bucket under the ground. Without that pump, the water couldn't be sent out to be used and to bless the people up here. Now, we've been spending the last few weeks talking about how our God of abundance is able to provide for all the needs we have, as well as provide for the needs of others, because he gives us gifts that are meant to provide for us and pass through us, to provide for the needs of others to bless them as well. And we've talked about how when we trust that God is able to provide for us, when we recognize that his abundance means that we don't have to be stingy with what we have, it enables us to change from viewing our lives like a bucket where we collect and hold all we have, protect what we have. It allows us to change from that mentality to viewing our lives like a conduit where the things that were given by God are able to pass through us to be sent to where they are needed most. But how do we make that shift from the bucket mentality to a conduit mentality? How do we join Jesus in the work that he's inviting us into? Well, sometimes you need to prime the pump. Now, it seems like Jesus knew that it's hard for people to understand how to get involved in his work, especially when it seems like it's a big jump from where we used to live our life this way. It seems like it's a big change maybe to live life in his way. And so in today's Jesus story, we're gonna see how giving to God's work, being a blessing to others is actually a blessing to us. And that's why Jesus creates opportunities for us to join him in easy ways so that we don't miss out on the blessing of giving. So let's read together from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 9, starting in verse 10. It reads, On their return, the disciples told Jesus all they had done. He took them with him to, and withdrew privately to a city called Bethsaida. When the crowds found out about it, they followed him, and he welcomed them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who needed to be cured. The day was drawing to a close, 
And the 12 came to him and said, send the crowd away so that they may go into the surrounding villages and countryside to lodge and get provisions, for we are here in a deserted place. But he said to them, you give them something to eat. They said, we have no more than five loaves and two fish, unless we are to go and buy food for all these people. For there were about 5,000 men. And he said to his disciples, make them sit down in groups of, of about 50 each. They did so and made them all sit down. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke them and gave them to the disciples to set before the crowd. And all ate and were filled. What was left over was gathered up, 12 baskets of broken pieces. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, our passage starts off with the phrase, on their return, which makes me ask the question, on the return from what? And so if you keep your Bible open and you just flip back a few verses before where we read at the beginning of chapter nine, we see that Jesus has just commissioned his disciples for ministry. He's sent them out with power and authority over demons and disease. And then verse six tells us that they went to all the villages in the area, bringing the good news of the kingdom of God and curing diseases everywhere. So they've just returned from all of that. And now they returned and reported back to Jesus about how their first little adventure of, of being sent out by him, how that's gone. So Jesus gathered them up and they head back to a nearby town. Now Jesus' plan is to withdraw quietly, to rest and recuperate from the recent adventures. But it seems like even Jesus' plans didn't always stay the same because the crowds hear about it. And they all follow him. Now, Jesus doesn't react to the change in plans like I would react, right? He doesn't pout and get frustrated and complain about being hangry. He doesn't make a snide remark to the people closest to him. Those are the things that I would do if plans change. Megan, my wife, can tell you that I don't always react kindly or gracefully or with dignity when plans change on me. I'm usually flustered and thrown off. Maybe, maybe you're different than me, but how is it that you react when plans change? If you're watching online, uh, if you're brave enough to type into the comments, let us know how you react when plans change. How do you react when plans change on you? Jesus didn't react any of the ways that I do. No, verse 11 tells us that the crowds followed him and he welcomed them he spoke to them about the kingdom of God, and he healed those who needed to be cured. Now, these are three ways that Jesus demonstrates the truth that we looked at last week, that God has given each of us gifts that can be used to bless others. And so I, I just want to unpack this really quickly because I think it's a super helpful example of what we've been talking about for the last few weeks. First, Jesus welcomes the crowds. He's practicing the gift of hospitality, of creating a space for others to enter into. And what he's giving to each person is time. Second, Jesus speaks to them about the kingdom of God. He's practicing the gift of teaching, of instruction. And what he's giving to each person is knowledge and wisdom. He's giving them an increase in their wonder as they learn more about what God is like and how life under his reign is like. 
Third, Jesus healed those who needed to be cured. He met their needs. He's practicing the gift of service like we looked at last week. And what he's giving to each person is his talents. He's actually giving them a supernatural encounter with the God of the universe who is able to heal and restore. So even in this really small little verse, we see Jesus operating with a conduit mentality, using gifts for others instead of only conserving and protecting his bucket of supply. And the disciples have been a part of this because we see that as the day draws to a close, they start to feel the limit of their own power and resources. They are beat. It has been a long day of lines, people all trying to get close to Jesus. They just came back from being out and about, preaching and helping, and now they spent all day being Jesus's partners, working with people, keeping the peace, fielding requests from people before they get to talk to Jesus. And I'm sure that more than one of them was a little bit hangry because they tell Jesus to send everyone away so that they can go find food and a place to stay. And, and I think that this was a little bit out of concern for the people gathered, but it was also probably a bit out, out of concern for themselves, right? Because they wanted to grab a bite and get some shut eye themselves. But Jesus says to them, you give them something to eat. Now, I wonder what was going through the disciples' minds when this is all happening. Our text tells us that they started to push back on Jesus because all they got is a little bit of food. And there's no way they're ever going to come up with enough money to buy enough food for everybody. And it's not like Jesus didn't know these things. He had eyes. He could clearly see how many thousands of people there were because 5,000 men means that there were at least that many women and children in addition. Some scholars will say that there could have been as many as 15 to 20,000 people gathered on the hillside. And Jesus knew that he and his disciples didn't normally travel, travel around with enough food to feed a stadium full of people. So why would Jesus tell his disciples to give them something to eat? Why would he tell them to meet the needs of the crowd when they were in a desolate area with scarce resources? I think that Jesus did that because he was trying to help his disciples change their thinking from a scarcity mindset to an abundance mindset. And I think that we need the same help. See, when we are so consumed with a scarcity mentality, all that we can see is the, the little that we have in our bucket. All we can see are the threats around us. All we can hear are the fear-mongering about the economy or the supply chain or the political voices telling us to hold on to what we have more tightly because you don't know what's coming next. It's hard to trust anyone. It's hard to trust that anyone else is going to look out for us. So we look out for ourselves. We pull away. We close off our heart to the needs of others. But an abundance mentality, an abundance mentality knows that there is more than enough. And it's based on the trust in the one who has proven time and again that he is able to provide for all your needs. 
He is able to welcome you into his presence. He's able to teach you wisdom and expand your wonder at the hugeness of the kingdom of God. He is able to heal you and restore you so that you can live the abundant life of blessing that he is inviting you into now. Because the good news is that our God of abundance is able to provide for us and through us. And so that's why Jesus told his disciples, you give them something to eat. He was inviting them into the act of giving because he knew the kingdom principle from earlier in the gospel of Luke. And I want you to flip back with me to Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6, verse 38. This is a kingdom principle that Jesus taught his disciples not too long before the story we're looking at today. Luke chapter 6, verse 38. It reads, Give, and it will be given to you. See, this is a principle that he had taught his disciples way before they were on that hillside with a couple thousand people who were hungry. Give, and it will be given to you. But he doesn't stop there. The full teaching that Jesus gave says, give, and it will be given to you a good measure. Press down, shaken together, running over will be put into your lap. For the measure you give will be the measure you get back. Now, I don't know if you're like me, but when I hear this, I think of one of my favorite meals to get when I'm hangry, and that's a Chinese takeout food. Um, anyone else know about the gospel, the good news of the Chinese takeout? Um, it, is a, it is a representation of the abundance of the kingdom of God. I do believe this. Because when you go and you order a two-item combo, they pull out that uh, squarish styrofoam container, and they just load in about 15 pounds of chow mein. And then you say, yes, I would also like some orange chicken and spicy garlic fish, please. And so they are loading in the orange chicken and the spicy garlic fish, and then they use that lid to squeeze it down before adding a couple more scoops just for good measure. And that's what I think of when I think of a good measure pressed down, shaken together, running over into my lap. It is just so good. And we'll talk later about my bad unhealthy eating habits. That's for a different uh, sermon series. But... Uh, back to Jesus, maybe, we get this idea uh, that he says, give and it will be given to you. There's going to be a good measure pressed down, shaken together, running over. For the measure you give will be the measure you get back. And so Jesus is inviting his disciples into the act of giving so that they can receive the blessing that comes with that. But the disciples aren't with him. They respond to Jesus by saying to him, yeah, sorry, Jesus, we only have five loaves and two fish. Did you hear that? We only have. Does that resonate with you? Have you ever looked at the stuff you have or the money you have or the time that you have to give to others and you say to yourself, oh man, I only have a little bit. See, the disciples were looking down at what they had. They had their heads stuck down in their bucket. All they were able to see was what they had. And they knew that what they had wasn't limitless. They weren't looking up. They weren't thinking about the fact that the God of abundance, who's able to provide for all needs, was inviting them to join him in providing for the needs of others. I don't know, maybe God is stirring in your heart right now. 
maybe you're starting to see that God invites us to be part of blessing others because he could do it on his own, but it's his great pleasure to let us be a part of it. We get to bless others by letting God's blessing pass through our hands into the hands of others. But the disciples couldn't see it. Maybe you feel the same way when you look at your life. But don't worry, because that doesn't stop Jesus. I love this. Back to Luke chapter 9. Watch what Jesus does. He listens to them talk about how they, that not even two years of salary would be enough money to buy everyone a single bite. But then he says to them, he says, well, make them sit down. See, Jesus completely ignores his disciples' lack of faith and still lets them join in with his work. But he lowers the bar and gives them a simpler way to join in. Oh, you can't fathom how you'd feed all these people? That's okay. I can still work through you. How about you just help them sit down? That'll be the first step. And then Jesus does this big public demonstration of abundance that comes from the kingdom of God. And he makes sure that everyone who's following the whole thing can see the true source of the gifts that are about to be handed out. He looks up to heaven. He blesses the little offering of five loaves and two fish. And then he gave them to the disciples to set before the crowd. So it goes from heaven to Jesus, breaking and handing, to the disciples, dispersing what was handed to them, to the crowd, eating and sharing among themselves. And it says, verse 17, and all ate and were filled. And then the disciples gather up all the leftovers. Leftovers from five loaves and two fish, 12 baskets of leftovers. That kind of sounds like a good measure. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over, doesn't it? It kind of sounds like give, and it will be given to you. See, Jesus is just demonstrating the truth that he had taught his disciples just a few chapters ago in a way to really make them learn that the kingdom principle is true. It is blessed to be a blessing. Now, I don't think I'm the one that came up with that, but this week Jesus has flipped that phrase for me, right? Like I always heard it said that we are blessed to be a blessing. You know, like Abraham, right? We are blessed to be a blessing. So I thought of that as we are blessed first so that we can be a blessing to others. Abraham was blessed by God so that he could be a blessing to the world. Followers of Jesus are blessed so that we can be a blessing to others. And, and this is true. The blessings we receive are also so that we can bless others. But this week, Jesus was kind of turning me around, showing me that it is blessed to be a blessing. Being a blessing to others is one of the ways to receive blessing. Being a blessing to others is one of the ways to experience blessing. It's one of the ways to be blessed. It is blessed to be a blessing. See, Jesus is showing us through this story that sometimes, sometimes we bless others first. Sometimes we give to God's work first. Sometimes we join Jesus on mission first, and then we receive an overflow of that blessing, which actually lets us bless others even more. I mean, what do you think the disciples did with the 12 baskets of leftovers? 
they took it to Bethsaida and shared it with even more people, right? Because they were already full. They were part of the all who ate and were filled. The ones who used to be hangry and couldn't see any other option other than sending the crowds away were now stuffed to the brim and carrying 12 baskets of leftovers to the nearest town where I'm sure they had an after party celebrating God's abundance and provision. See, giving to God's work, blessing others is a blessing to us. And according to Jesus, the measure that you give will be the measure you get back. Now, don't misunderstand me. This is not prosperity theology. But when the disciples offered up five loaves and two fish, they didn't get back five loaves and two fish. Because Jesus didn't say that what you give will be given back to you. He said that the measure you give will be given back to you. The measure that was given was all. There were five loaves and two fish. All of that was given. And so that was the measure that God gave back. And when God gives all, it's way more than what we can fathom. It feeds tens of thousands of people and then provides a whole basket of leftovers for each of the 12 tribes of Israel. God's all can provide for all the needs we have. God's abundance is able to provide for the needs of all. And when we give, when we join Jesus in his work, it's a blessing to us. But the blessing that we receive isn't always the same in substance but in measure. Jesus says later on in Luke's gospel that some of the repayment that his followers will receive will be later at the resurrection. So we don't give in order to get. We trust that our God of abundance is not only able to provide for our needs, but he's also able to provide through us. So when we bless others, it's a blessing to us. So how do we change from a bucket mentality to a conduit mentality? How do we join Jesus' work around us? How do we get involved in the act of giving, especially when we're not so sure that we have a lot to give? Well, I want to encourage you to prime the pump. Now, uh, any of you who grew up with farm life know this, um, I grew up and there was a, a house, two, street, two houses over from mine that had one of those old pumps outside coming out of the ground. And uh, if you had not had water coming from it for a while, it would seem dry and empty. There's no, there's no water there. We can't get anything out of it. And so the way to get water from it, you know this, is to prime the pump, to pour a little water to it, to give the little water that you have and pour it into the pump and that will then engage the pump with the deep reserve of water in the earth. It'll start pumping all the water out. So your little offering of water will engage the flow of water from this deep abundant cistern that has more than you know what to do with. And when the disciples weren't sure how to join Jesus in his request to feed the crowds, well, Jesus gave them a smaller entry into joining him. He let them prime the pump by offering a little snack. He let them prime the pump by starting with getting the crowds to sit down. He let them prime the pump by just handing out what he handed to them. 
And before they knew it, tens of thousands of people had been fed and they were picking up baskets of leftovers. So what should we do in response to this message? How can we prime the pump to engage the abundance that God wants to convey through us? Well, I want to encourage you. Join Jesus on mission in any way you can. It doesn't matter how small or big the opportunity is, just take what he hands you. Because being a blessing to others can sometimes mean an entire reorientation of your day. Being a blessing to others can sometimes mean an entire reorientation of your finances. Because when we trust that all we have has come from God and he's given it to us for a purpose, well, then we're able to reassess Well, how are we using it? How are we investing what we've been given? But being a blessing can also be in much smaller ways because Jesus is too good to keep us back from the blessing of giving. He's too good to keep us back from experiencing how blessed it is to be a blessing. So he will invite us to participate in any way that we can. So join Jesus on mission this week in any way you can. You can't see whether you have the ability to give a bunch of time to serve others right now. That's okay. You can find a smaller time commitment. You could double dip on some of the time you already have committed, maybe by using your commute to work differently. Maybe by choosing to share your lunch hour with someone else. You could join one of our serve teams here on Sunday. We have ways for you to get involved weekly, monthly, once in a while, you can find a small time commitment. Maybe you can't see how you have the ability to give more money to God's work. Well, that's okay. Maybe you can ask God if there's a smaller investment of money that he's inviting you to redirect. Maybe that involves canceling Netflix for a few months. Maybe it means, uh, maybe he's inviting you to cut back on coffee or eating out so that you can redirect that money towards being a blessing for others for a season. Remember, this isn't a have to. This is not something we do to get God's approval. This is a get to. We get to bless others because we have our God of abundance who is able to provide for us and through us. We get to join Jesus on mission because not only has he promised to return to us the measure that we give, but he's already blessed us with the full measure of his grace when he climbed up on that cross and gave the full measure of his life so that he could defeat death and claim eternal life for us, abundant life for all eternity, as well as abundant life here and now. God has already given the full measure of his love when he sent Jesus for the forgiveness of our sins for the whole world. He's already given us the full measure of his presence by sending the Holy Spirit to live in us, guiding us and directing us and making us holy as we learn to follow Jesus each and every day. We get to join Jesus in his mission of reconciliation and restoration by being a blessing to those around us because we have a deep reservoir of abundant blessings, more than we know what to do with. And he's inviting us to prime the pump to obey his invitation to be a blessing. He's inviting us to be his conduits of love and mercy to the people around us. And isn't that good news? 
Amen. I invite us now to be led in worship with our hymn of the day. seated. Let us pray for the whole people of God and for all people according to their needs. Lord, we are so grateful that you have brought us together under your rule, under your generous, gracious, loving rule. Lord, we receive all the blessings that you have promised us. And Lord, as you tell us in Ephesians 1, that we are blessed with every blessing in the spiritual place. Lord, that you have a life of abundance for us because you are a God of abundance, overflowing abundance. And so, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would guide us and lead us. Speak uh, your word to us that we may walk in your abundance, that we may be overflowing with the same grace and generosity that you have given us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we lift up to you um, our leaders, O oh Lord, uh, our civic leaders. We ask you that you would uh, bless them and keep them. We ask you, Lord, that you would uh, guide them and lead them. Lord, we do pray for the Holy Spirit uh, to lead and guide each of our civic leaders. We know, Lord, that you have given them authority and that you are holding them accountable Lord, to that authority that you have given them. And so we thank you for them, and we ask you, Lord, that you would bless them. For President Biden, Governor Pritzker, um, our local representatives, the Illinois State uh, House and Senate, and even, Lord, our communities, um, all of those civil servants who work so tirelessly to uh, do your work of ruling under your rule. 
So, Lord, we pray that you would protect them and guide them. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we lift up our service members to you. We ask for protection for them. I ask you, Lord, for peace around the world um, and peace for those who are serving in the armed forces. Uh, Lord, for our veterans, I ask you that you would give them peace, that you would give the resources necessary uh, to have health, mental health, emotional health, spiritual health, and physical health. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, at this time, I lift up to you the leadership of our church. I thank you, Lord, for the leadership team and their guidance. I pray, Lord, that you would continue to give them your Holy Spirit, that they may walk in wisdom and uh, make wise decisions, Lord, that you would make them as innocent as doves and as shrewd as vipers, that they would uh, be able to discern uh, your will and discern the complexities of um, guiding and leading a church um, in our community and in our society today. And Lord, I pray that you would give them the innocence of doves to uh, love and serve and have a joy in serving this congregation. Uh, Lord, I thank you for the staff uh, that I get to work with every day. Uh, thank you, Lord, for each and every one of them. And I pray for Pastor Drew, for Pastor Phil, uh, for myself, for Kelsey, Caitlin, Danny, and Patrick. Uh, Lord, I ask that you would bless us and give us your Holy Spirit. Give us everything we need to serve and lead this congregation well and this community well. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, at this time, we lift up to you our church family and our community, all those who are in need. We ask you, Lord, for your rescue. For Dessa Caravan and her health, for Chrissy Smith and her health, for Carol Sisson and her health, for Margaret Burge and her cancer, for Laura Klimstra as she continues to recover from COVID, for Linda Strickland as she was hospitalized with broken bones and is recovering, Lord, for Beverly Aller and her health, for Kenneth Aller as he recovers from surgery, for Adeline Felder for RSV and COVID, for Denny Cutter as he recovers from a stroke, and for Marilyn Hart and her health. And Lord, we do lift up uh, the rest of our community uh, as there is uh, lots of sickness going around and increase in RSV for our young uh, children. Uh, Lord, I do ask that for each and every one of these people that you would heal them. Um, Lord, and I also ask for our community that you would keep us healthy uh, this flu season as we uh, navigate uh, some of these changes, Lord, as we have a lot more contact with people and are um, interacting more readily with each other. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would uh, increase our immunity and that you would uh, help us uh, be healthy throughout this season. And Lord, we do ask that you would bless um, all those who serve in the medical field, who you have called and established to work in the medical field, Lord. We know that you are a miracle worker and you work miracles through your servants. Uh, just like the disciples were sent out to heal the sick, um, Lord, we know that you still send out people today to heal the sick. So thank you for doing your healing work through the hands and feet of your people, of your creatures, of the doctors and nurses, uh, the assistants, the um, administrators, and everybody in between in the medical field, Lord. We pray that you would bless them and keep them as they continue to serve our communities. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, O oh Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, 
Uh, we have heard the last few weeks about this God of abundance and the invitation to participate in that. And one of the ways that we participate in that is through our day-to-day -day life, just through our actions and how we interact with others. And another way that we participate in that is with the resources, the income that God has given us. This is a gift out of his abundance. And so offering is an opportunity for us to worship, to with thanksgiving, offer back to God what he has first given us out of this overflow we give. So if you do want to worship in this way and give in this way, I wanna thank you so much for doing so. There are a few ways that you can do that. You can do that online at nllutheran.com, click on the Give tab, and you can uh, give right there in a safe and secure fashion. You can also drop off any giving that you have in our offering plates as you head out of the sanctuary this morning, or you can download the New Life Lutheran app and you can give through there. Whatever way you, that you do give and whatever amount that you do give, I wanna thank you so much for partnering with each other and partnering with our staff, with our leadership team, our ministry team leaders, as God has invited us to walk in abundance, just like he lives in abundance and gives so much to us. Uh, it is because of our commitment together to love and serve the Lord that we are able to uh, continue to work with God and co-labor with God as he is transforming the hearts and lives of our community and our world. So thank you so much for joining us in that. And because we want to glorify God and want to bless the giving that we receive, uh, I invite you to pray this prayer with me. Merciful Father, we offer with joy and thanksgiving what you have first given us, ourselves, our time, and our possessions, signs of your gracious love. Receive them for the sake of him who offered himself for us, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And now as we come to Holy Communion, invite all who believe and are baptized to receive the body and blood of Christ. If you didn't receive one of those little chalices as you came in, forgot, raise your hand and the ushers will bring them to you. Anybody want one of those little chalices if you're missing one? All right, very good. Um, if you would now, uh, as you're able, please stand for the Lord's Supper, in which our Lord Jesus gives us himself, his very life for us, to give us life. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We, we lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy Holy, holy Lord, God of power. 
Now I invite you to take the little chalices with bread and wine and hold them in your hands. So our Lord Jesus, by his word, by his word, he will work a miracle. So they become for you his body and blood for your salvation and your forgiveness. Our Lord Jesus Christ, in the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me, holding our Lord's body and blood in your hands. We pray together the prayer he taught us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Remove the cover from the bread. I invite you at this time. Take the bread. This is the body of Christ given for you. Take and eat. Now reverse the chalice. Remove that cover. Take and drink. This is the blood of Christ shed for your sins. Now, May the body and blood of our Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you in his grace. Amen. Let us pray. We give you thanks, almighty God, that you have refreshed us through the healing power of this gift of life. And we pray that in your mercy, you would strengthen us through this gift in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. For the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. We join in the closing hymn.
Amen. We have received the blessings of our Lord Jesus Christ. He has gathered us together. He has forgiven our sins. We have heard his word, received his body and blood, and now we are sent into where we live, work, and play to be a blessing and to be blessed. And as you go, the Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, go in peace, serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. Have a great week. We'll see you next weekend.